Before we get started today, I want to thank everyone who wrote a testimonial for my website. Those of you who wrote testimonials had some really kind and encouraging things to say, and I'm really deeply grateful. As most of you know, I'm doing audio production full-time now, and I'm going to be launching my personal website to promote that business, and I'm collecting testimonials. So if you haven't written me a testimonial yet, I do really need some more. So if you have a couple minutes and you've enjoyed the audio production and my voice on the Messy Studio Podcast for the last few years, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and fill out the contact form. Good testimonials are going to be vital to my business taking off. So thank you once again to everyone who's already written one. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about finding downtime. As much as we may appreciate living an entrepreneurial lifestyle, juggling its many demands can be exhausting and challenging. Artists who are also involved in the business of art can easily feel scattered and stressed by all of the tasks needed to stay productive and on track. But one of the most challenging demands may be stepping away from all that on a regular basis. Today, we will toss around some ideas for the type A personalities among us who find it hard to relax. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Um, We sort of came up with this idea when we were... uh, talking about the topic for last week, which was overworking, but in that case, it was specifically something that you're doing on your artwork. But it kind of, we were kind of joking a little bit because you said, oh, I thought we were going to talk about working too much. Yeah. When you first (laughs) sent me the episode title, I was like, oh, I got a lot to say on this one. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's something that you and I both deal with all the time because, you know, we both have a lot going on and we have this kind of I don't know, fairly driven personality, I guess. And and at the same time, you know, we know from experience this can learn lead to being burned out. It can lead to even physical issues um, from stress. And I, I think um, that there's this anxiety about being pulled away from our work um, that, you know, it's like... <laughs> downtime can just be another thing that we have to put on the to-do list and feel stressed about accomplishing. <laughs> and it's and it's something that can create stress. It's uh when you when you have that downtime, when you when you're responsible for your own income and you're not you don't have some a boss who is signing your paychecks and you have that steady income coming in. When you don't have that, there's this constant pressure to perform and yes. to, to be working on things that bring money in. And when you're relaxing or or just working on something that isn't for for profit, that isn't that doesn't bring money in, uh, I I feel a tremendous amount of guilt for this. Yeah, we want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, what if I spend a day just working on like pleasure projects or just relaxing? I I feel horrible. <laughs> well, it it has so much to do with the entrepreneurial. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur, whether you're an artist or some other type, because you are always aware that there's there's so much to do, and and you could fill every minute of your day with all these things that you have to do. <laughs> when I sort of was joking about is relaxing is just one more thing on the to do list. I feel like it actually does need to be there. We do need to fit it in, um, because we know the the downside of of not taking that time. Um, 
it can affect so many things. I mean, your your physical health, your relationships, and things like that. Um, and also your performance in the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not getting rest, if you're not getting downtime, then eventually your the quality of of the work that you're doing is going to suffer. Yeah, you can start to lose your focus. You know, just feel kind of fuzzy brained because it's just too much going on in there. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I think it's kind of funny because um, the other people in our lives, and, and this is true, you know, for your wife and my husband, your dad, they remind us to slow down. They plead with us to slow down sometimes. <laughs> and when people talk about slowing down or taking some time off, it can be like, think, well, you just don't understand. You just don't understand what I'm going through or something. And they probably really don't because there are people that just don't feel this kind of pressure and it's, it's personality. And, and I guess what's kind of occurred to me lately is, um, you know, with Don is it's like he could be my guide because I look at him as being quite relaxed. And this funny thing, like he feeds the birds all the time, you know, and so he just he'll just sit and watch the birds. And I think, what are you doing? Just sitting there watching birds, you know? <laughs> it's just but he's watching the birds. And I look at the birds and and then my mind starts to go places like, oh, exactly what kind of bird is that? Or do we need to buy more bird food? Or, you know, like this kind of thing. And it's just, you know, and then I try I try to just get into the space of just observing them, you know, just enjoying them. And it's a, it's a different mindset, you know, it goes away from what do I need to think about this or do about this? And that's just an example. But um, anyway, I, I enjoy being around people who do have that ability to relax. It's like they have some, some secret, you know, that yeah. <laughs> I, I want it. <laughs> and I think for people that, don't necessarily have that as part of the personality. It's like we have to find this kind of middle ground where we do accomplish what we want to, um, but we can also, you know, relax. And uh, I, and I kind of also wanted to distinguish this from, uh, you know, there's a really, the severe form of this is people being a workaholic. And I actually looked up that word and it's, it is uh, recognized as an obsessive compulsive disorder. So it, in an extreme form of only working, you know, that's kind of a mental health issue that I, that's not what we are talking about here. It's, it's, it's like another addiction that disrupts your life and things. I don't yeah. think either one of us are in that place. Well, I don't know. In my case, I might be, I I, I do have these very, I mean, I don't have any kind of like severe obsessive compulsive uh, type uh, tendencies, but I, I do have minor ones. I, mm-hmm. and, and COVID is something that has, um, really increased the, just the stress in my life. Um, and, uh, it's, it's been really difficult for me cause I do have these tendencies already. And then when there's social pressure to, uh, be, uh, sanitizing surfaces all the time or using hand sanitizer all the time, constantly washing your hands um things like that it, it i i notice every time somebody touches their face oh so that yeah i can see why that would kind of click in <laughs> yeah and i'm and i'm not even really personally all that worried about covid for my own health um i'm worried about spreading it to other people but i'm young and healthy and so i'm not really 
concerned about it for my own health, and yet I'm constantly washing my hands. I'm constantly sanitizing everything, uh-huh. and it's and I I think it's um it's wanting to control the situation. Mm-hmm. It's um it's a need to have control, and I and I feel that about my finances and about yes. my work habits as well, and. So like I say, when I'm when I'm not doing something, I feel guilt. Yeah, um, because you feel like if you're if you're doing something on your to do list, you're right. You're, then I'm in control. You're in control of that at that moment, anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, I get that. I also have a, a personality where I'm I get bored very easily, mm-hmm. um, which is a, part of why I always have multiple projects going on, so that if I get frustrated or bored with something, I can go work on something else for a little bit. Um, but, but having just downtime and just relaxing and yeah. <laughs> enjoying, you know, a, a nice sunny day is, is something that is extremely difficult for me because I just get bored and I just want to be working on something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, and I think, I think a lot of people experience experiences to one degree or another. It sounds like it's pretty hard for you. Um, and for myself, I think I'm I'm more relaxed than I used to be, <laughs> but I I totally I, I can identify with what you're saying. Um, I think it's just you know I think what we should be trying to look at today is well how do you find that sort of balance um, where you can put it aside and you I don't know for myself I feel like I want the downtime you know it's it's I like it actually but it can be really hard to to find the time for it to set aside the time for it um and that's why you know i I said it it really does belong on your to-do list because we know it's important and um if you don't you know tell yourself you're going to do this um it's pretty easy to let it let it go um i think when whenever you're self-employed whether you're an artist or uh you know as you are an entrepreneur in other ways um you know, we, we can so easily get into this situation of feeling like we have to work all the time because, you know, we have goals. We have, you know, maybe high goals and aspirations, which is basically a good thing, you know, right? Um, we may not want to, we may be concerned about letting other people down. And this could be um, financially or with clients or, in my case, with galleries or something like that. You know, you if they ask you to do something, you say yes you know um and you know i think i think this approach to life means that you're excited by opportunities when things come along you sort of want to jump on it and you know do what you can to make it happen um and so that that's exciting so there's that little you know surge of adrenaline and happiness when somebody reaches out and says hey i want you to do this or that but we can also fall into saying a yes to things that maybe, you know, just aren't quite right for us at the time. And then, I don't know, the other one that occurs to me, like, why do we get so into this is because we basically love what we do. I mean, and so you want to do it all the time. And that's a good thing. But when it does, you know, creep into that obsessive category, and, and you're losing out on other things in life, then, then I think that's when it's, it starts to affect you in the bad ways that we were just talking about. You know, you losing your focus, getting burned out, getting tired, um, and just feeling 
I don't know, put upon. I get to feeling put upon. <laughs> like, go away, world. You know, what are you doing? It's just too much. Um, and, you know, then that that's an emotional thing. It gets frustrating. And uh, I don't know. It's it's a cycle, right? You You take in more and then you react to that. And Somewhere, I think, somewhere along the line, you break that cycle. And, and to me, breaking the cycle is being able to step away from it uh, pretty often, actually. Um, if not every day, then uh, regularly <laughs> doing things that, that really aren't productive necessarily. <laughs> I'm probably giving you hives here. You're thinking, what is she talking about? <laughs> No, no, I cannot. <laughs> well, for me, what makes that a whole lot easier in terms of you talk about downtime being on the schedule is to have specific tasks or activities that are downtime, mm -hmm. but they give me something to focus on. And mm -hmm. so uh, I, I, there's a lot of kind of outdoor recreation that fits into this category, I think, for mm -hmm. myself as well as a lot of other people. Um, I, I really like to fish. Uh, I'm not good at catching fish, but just getting out and not having anything to focus on except for a line in the water is fine for me. Yes. Um, and there's a lot of other things that, that people do like that. Um, maybe you like to ride your bike or go hiking or, um, just, just get out and do something. Um, I also have a, a weekly game night with my friends where we sit around and play board games and stuff. Um, and, and so just doing things like that where they're on the schedule, it happens every week. Yeah. And uh, well, and that that's a period of time when you're not focused on anything except for just, you know, whatever this, this re relaxation technique is. Martial arts is great for that as well. Anything that requires your focus and snaps you out of that that mm. work mode. Yeah. And I think what what I'm what I'm getting from that partially is it has to be something that you really enjoy. I mean, um sometimes we might think, oh, this or that that's a relaxing thing. Oh, going to the movies is a relaxing thing or something like that. Well maybe you don't actually really like it, you know? So like it has to be something you feel very motivated to do. Um I would say, you know, the things you're talking about with this focused I get that. Um, and there, there may be things, um, activities, hobbies that do give you something other than that absolute pure relaxation. In other words, there is a focus, like maybe, uh, you enjoy cooking. So cooking a really elaborate meal once a week might actually be really relaxing or working in your garden or, you know, hiking or some of the other things you're talking about. They, they are things that have a, you know, there's sort of a goal or a purpose within them. That's good if that works. But I also think they're, I think the really challenging thing for me, but actually is helpful to me is um, activities that don't actually accomplish anything. <laughs> and I mean, things like uh, reading mystery novels, you know, I, and I will go back to the thing of what you enjoy. I enjoy reading mystery novels. And yet when I'm involved in one, I think, Okay, I have to really put this in the category of absolute downtime because I'm not accomplishing a thing, you know, I'm just enjoying it or watching movies, you know, a lot of movies are just pure enjoyment. And so that is, that's been the hurdle for me, actually, is, 
okay, is it all right to just do something where there's no end result, <laughs> except you finish the book or something? Um, you know, that's a that's another step into downtime. <laughs> that is a little challenging. But but those things really do relax me. You know, I, I really feel that I have left completely left behind my need to accomplish or my need to focus really and just uh, relaxing. And I don't know, <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> Real quick, it's time for an update on the latest news from Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and her partner, Jerry McLaughlin, are now well into their second quarter of weekly live sessions for their members, in which they explore three-minute topics in deep, interrelated, and engaging ways. This quarter, those topics are texture, layering, and writing and talking about your work. Weekly sessions include discussion, side presentations, videos, critiques, special guests, and the opportunity to ask questions during the session. Cold Wax Academy members have access to all past sessions, which are recorded each week. So if you're hesitating to join mid-quarter, no worries about missing out. There is plenty for you to explore, and you can watch previous sessions on your own schedule. Jerry and Rebecca offer a trial month at the core level for only $29.99. So visit coldwaxacademy.com and click on memberships for more information. That's coldwaxacademy.com and click on memberships. All right, let's get back into it. So I was thinking about, you know, when you're when you're in this situation of of being overwhelmed or overloaded, which I think is really the what happens, right? When you when you when you conduct your life in this way that you're always striving or accomplishing uh, because you're an entrepreneur, because you're trying to make things happen. Um, you know, how can you approach that in some way that sort of, I don't know, helps you sort things out or kind of step back from it and say what's going on? And I, I thought, well, there's really kind of um, two kinds of demands that we put on ourselves. And one of them is outside demands, you know, where people are saying, I want you to do this. Um, or you have, uh, you know, you have an obligation. Um, most of the time, this is, you know, nothing wrong with this. But most of the time, those are things that you set up yourself. Um, so I think an aspect of this is, you know, really considering what you want to take on and what doesn't really serve you. Um, it can be hard to tell the difference. So hard. I mean, I've, I've made plenty of um, misjudgments that way myself. Um, and also to to be realistic about your time. How are you, how are you going to use your time? How can you schedule your time so that you can actually do the things you say you're going to do without getting too stressed out? And that another that's another been been another downfall for me, um, especially pre COVID when things were just piling on and workshops and travel and all these things. And um, I think it's something I've kind of gotten better at this past year of saying, um, what do I really accomplish in a day? It's not huge, even when I'm working pretty hard. And in the past, I would take on a lot of stuff and think, oh, I'll get it done. I'll get it done. Um, it's been slower. And I think I just am starting to appreciate that more. <laughs> so the, so looking at something that said, okay, that's coming from the outside. Maybe I set it up. Maybe I went after it. But it's something that other people are are expecting of me to do. And then there's the inside demands. And, and those are pretty tricky because I think those are about perfectionism. They're about, you know, fear of failure, um, lack of confidence. 
these are really big challenges and they're really deep rooted. So, um, in we've had some episodes in the past where we talked about these in relation to an art practice and, um, so, you know, it's, we kind of talked about some of these before and they're all, it's all mixed up with those outside demands too. I mean, it's, it's not like one is one category and one is another because they affect each other. Like maybe you feel compelled to take every opportunity because you're afraid of things falling apart or something. You're afraid of failing. So anyway, there's this kind of a lot of stuff that is, Anything that's a demand, you know, causes some kind of pressure, right? I mean, sometimes it's good pressure and you say, yeah, I want to do that. Um, sometimes maybe you don't want it and it's, and you've accepted it without, um, really being clear about why you accepted it or what's going to happen. So those, those kind of two ways of thinking have been helpful, uh, to me, I think. And recognizing some of that is just personality or whatever it is that makes you take stuff on. Um, I also have this part of me that is always trying to monetize my downtime. And so, they, I, I mean, that's kind of where this podcast came from in a way, really, is is because we were having conversations regularly. Um, and there's part of me that's just like, well, we should record this and put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, you know, there's also a part of me that, you know, I, I, I enjoy going for a drive now and then and all of a sudden I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to drive Uber. I'm going to make some money at this. And, you know, I enjoy reading books. And so, well, I'm going to record myself reading books out loud and I'm going to try to make some money off of that. And that it's, it's so, it's so tied up with the whole fact of your entrepreneurial, um, what you've chosen for your life to be an entrepreneur. So there are all these, you you will always probably be thinking about that, uh, how, how that's going to work. How can I make this work? Right. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's very demanding. And, um, and I, you know, when, when you make those choices, as you, I'm sure, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, this is what, this is what it is. Um, but it is, I don't know, that balance is just uh, pretty tricky, I think. And, you know, another thing that occurred to me when I was thinking about all this is how cultural this is. How, um, you know, in in the U.S., we, we definitely have a positive view of being very, very busy, right? That's um, considered a, a good personality trait, really. And... Um, we don't really have built into our culture this kind of slower pace or expectation of a slower pace. Um, and this can be, you know, I mean, we're, we're an energetic country. We got things done, you know, and that's, that's really good. But having, having lived for some time, you know, short times in other cultures, one of the things that's always impressed me is how there's just sort of this, oftentimes, this sort of basic, more relaxed approach to life and it works. And um, I, I was I was thinking about this. I thought there's probably people listening to this podcast in other countries going, what are they talking about? <laughs> what is wrong with these people? I know. And it, but it's cultural, you know, and and uh, you know, I remember being in Spain and talking to this guy who said 
He's one of the artists at the artist residency. He said, well, he's talking about his friends. I was asking like, oh, what's your life like at home or whatever? And he said, well, you know, I have this great group of friends. And he said, four times a year, we all get together and we go on a vacation or something. <laughs> I thought, oh, it just boggled my mind that that the effort that it would take and the commitment to your friends and to having a good time and to taking this time off uh, – and to him, it was completely normal, and this is what they did. And um, I, I just thought, wow, I don't even know how that would be arranged. I mean, other a lot of European countries; those are the ones I'm. I'm. I've only been to Europe. I haven't been to other parts of the world. But um, the the uh, vacation time is a lot longer. The um, you know people normally get when I tell people what normal businesses in the US give for vacation time, it's kind of shocking. Um, and I, I'm generalizing here, but I've spent time in Spain and Italy and um, Ireland and other places. And, you know, I think there is a different sense of, um, you know, kind of what the what the day is made up of. Oftentimes, there's a, a pretty long break for lunch. Um, Maybe sometimes, uh, I know in Spain, the shops close in the afternoon. So it's just a different pace uh, in other cultures, which all that's to say, we as human beings are not necessarily meant to be hard charging all the time. <laughs> um, and I think that's where we can see it um, in things like health effects on our bodies, and the results of stress because we're not built this way, really. And Well, I, I want to push back on you a little bit with that because uh, if we look at some of these cultures where people live in excess of 100, um, in a lot of these places, uh, people are extremely industrious and hardworking. And part of what pushes them to continue living is that sense of purpose. And continuing to work and strive for something. And and that's yeah. also there's there's correlations, particularly with men in um in our in Western cultures, where the the, a, the average age of death is pretty much in line with the retirement age. Um and a lot of people just lose their sense of purpose when they stop working, and that can have horrible health effects. Yeah, I, um, I hear you. I know what you're saying. That, that sense of purpose is really important. Um, I guess to say that sense of purpose and working constantly all day long are the same thing is not necessarily true either. Um, you know, if, if you have, if you have found a rhythm to your life where downtime is something that you do, but you also have, it doesn't mean that you don't also have a sense of purpose, a sense of accomplishment and all that, um, and I didn't mean to imply that. Um, it's it's just a different rhythm or something where you would say, okay, I accept that part of my day is going to be relaxing. That's just part of what I do. Um, and and the work the work is important, absolutely important, um, and the sense of purpose. And um, and you're right. Like in retirement, it's really important to have that. Uh, something to build the day around that is that does feel like you're doing something important, but I just think there's 
there's different degrees of this. <laughs> and when it becomes extreme, then you see, um, you know, like type A personality has been correlated with heart disease uh, in different studies. And so, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a balance. I mean, I just keep coming back to that word that it's not either, either or neither. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I, I guess getting back to the idea that as entrepreneurs or creative people who also are marketing their work or engaged in the outside art world in this case, maybe there is a, there's always that hanging sense of I could be doing more. And I think that's what we're really fighting with. Um, kind of trying to find some realistic grasp on that. And one of the things that occurred to me was, um, you know, I think we need to have faith uh, in ourselves that we're not going to slide into whatever kind of image we imagine that if we didn't have this drive, I, it's a little hard to explain, but if you would ima imagine that all of a sudden the drive to accomplish or achieve was gone, would you feel, would you be just like this person who never gets off the couch? And so it's kind of extreme thinking. Um, I think we know that even if we took the downtime, we're not going to essentially change our ambition. We're not going to essentially change our sense of purpose. It's it's there. And so like running away from it really hard um, isn't necessarily the answer to that. So um, this kind of like this image of a slippery slope, like if I start to relax more, you know, where does it end? You know, <laughs> am I going to just uh, slide into this slovenly hole or something? You know, uh, that's not going to happen. You know, it's just, it's just kind of opening that door to uh, a little bit more um, downtime. And, and I also wanted to, to talk a little bit about, you know, specifically artists and, and what, what we deal with as artists is that we, if if we're also involved in promoting our work, marketing our work, and that sort of thing, engaging with the art world, we have a business as well. Then, so we're we have the studio time, we have the business, and sometimes I think about how many different skills that requires, you know, and and it's true for other entrepreneurs as well, but. You know, you have the you have to have the business skills as well as the creative skills, and they can be things that cause you a lot of stress just because you don't know that much about them, and are you really bad at it? I mean, for myself, anything to do with record keeping, um, financial records, any of that stuff, I just hate it, and I'm not very good at it. And kind of basic organization is really hard. Um, and so we have these, you know, stress that's generated by some of these skills that we're just expected to know how to do, but we, we might be really bad at it or just completely uninterested in it. Um, and so that, um, that drives us sometimes that, well, I have to learn how to take good photographs. I have to learn how to do this and that. And it becomes one more pressure, uh, and so if it's possible to delegate some of that, that that's really the most obvious answer is, can you get some help? Lots of times people just can't really afford it. I mean, 
it's hard and it's hard to find the right person who could help you with some of these things. But I think I remember telling you at one point that that anything that isn't laying paint onto a board is something that you should be having somebody else do. <laughs> and it's really hard. You know, it's good advice, but yeah, I would very say, difficult to execute. Yeah, I, I would say some things I have changed. Um, for example, uh, packing and shipping artwork. I used to do that and try to make boxes and Don was making boxes for a while and just figuring out how to ship things. And it is, it's an expense, but it's an expense that can be sort of built into the work is taking, taking it somewhere else, taking your painting into, you know, pack and ship and saying, <laughs> you do it. <laughs> um, it is much less stressful and you know, it's, it's a good job is being done. And that's just an example. Um, accounting things. I mean, I turn a lot of stuff, a lot of records over to our tax person and say, can you please make sense out of this? And she does. And but other things I, I'm still I'm still struggling with and trying to do myself, even after many years of this being an artist and, and having this practice. It's it's just I, I think if you ask anybody who's involved in this kind of thing, what what are the jobs that you really hate? You know, and they'll have some that are not, as you say, just putting paint down or whatever it is they do. Um, the other thing, that, another thing is letting go of perfection about things uh, that aren't your work. I mean, I think it's fine to be very, hold very high standards for your artwork. Um, a lot of us do, and it's, it seems important, but kind of what, what can you let go of? And one of the things I have let go of is this kind of perfect record keeping, um, keeping a database of, of every painting and where it is and all that stuff. I just realized at some point, I can't really do this and it's causing me a lot of stress. So let the chips fall where they may. I make a lot of paintings. Some of them make it into the database and some don't. Some of them change titles. You know, some of them get all mixed up. It's just like, okay. This is not my area. <laughs> you know, this is not what I do well. Um, you know, obviously this podcast is called The Messy Studio, so I do let go of having the perfectly clean studio, <laughs> and that's okay with me. Um, I've let go of applying for every opportunity, um, everything that comes along that seems like it might be good. Some of them I, I never follow up on because they just, it's too much. Um, not that I have too many opportunities. They don't come in every day or anything, but um, there are certain categories of things I've just sort of let go of, like group shows or um, juried shows kind of thing that, uh, you know, it's good, but do I want to spend my time doing that? So it's kind of making a lot of choices about what to do with your time. Um, scheduling is important. It's been important for me. Um, a regular pretty much regular time in the studio every afternoon. I just block it out. That's what I do. Try to do the uh, business stuff in the morning, studio in the afternoon. Um, and uh, I also, I take, I take time for exercise every day, like a walk. And then, you know, those, those mystery novels and, and movies too in the evening. <laughs> But it's part of it's actually a schedule, at least in my mind. It's not necessarily written down, but I kind of know it. Um, and some days, just for art, and that seems important to me, 
that once in a while, and usually for me, it's it's on a weekend, it's a Sunday, well, I don't schedule anything else at all. And I just think I can spend this whole day in the studio if I want to, because that's what I love. You know, I don't love all this other stuff that much, the the business stuff. Um, and um, And also taking some entire days off because every job that you would be employed at has vacation days. Um, and so, or some expectation that you would take some time off, whether they're, they're just part of your schedule, you know, you get this day off or that day off, or you get an actual vacation day. Um, that's part of our work culture and we don't necessarily do that for ourselves. (laughs) So days off and some days just for what you love, as far as what it is that made you an entrepreneur, you know, what is it that you like? You, you, I mean, you like uh, coming up with new ideas and, and whatever it is about your entrepreneurial situation that you love is kind of devoting some time just to that. Um, so those are kind of my own strategies for dealing with this challenging mindset. <laughs> uh and hopefully, you know, it's it's helpful in some way for people that are listening. Yeah, something that really struck a chord with me was um, when you were talking about having faith that things are going to go okay. <laughs> and that yes. You don't need to put all this pressure on yourself to, to perform constantly. Um, and uh, it, it kind of reminded me of this, uh, this Terrence McKenna quote that I took the time to look up here. Um, and uh, I think it's something that, that everyone who's an entrepreneur or everyone who um, takes on big challenges will connect with. But Terrence McKenna said, uh, nature loves courage. You make the commitment and nature will respond to that commitment by removing impossible obstacles. Dream the impossible dream and the world will not grind you under. It will lift you up. Mm-hmm. This is the trick. Mm-hmm. This is what all these teachers and philosophers who really counted, who really touched the alchemical gold, this is what they understood. This is the the shamanic dance in the waterfall. This is how magic is done, by hurling yourself into the abyss and discovering it's a feather bed. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's really inspiring. I mean, it is about trust then, isn't it? I mean, just kind of, yeah. And and knowing that you your efforts are kind of if they sort of need to be in sync with some kind of or they are in sync with some kind of bigger bigger idea or bigger force maybe yeah a, a flow and a pulse of the universe and just just understanding that you fit into that and mm-hmm. that you don't need to force it that mm-hmm. if you if you make the commitment if you if you leap over the edge. Something's going to catch you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that was a good wrap-up there, Ross. <laughs> Are we at wrap-up time? I think so. Just, um, yeah, we're getting there. Did you have um, any final thoughts? or? Well, I I think one thing that occurred to me that I, I just wanted to say before we end is that there's a part of all of us that is playful and that is... Uh, I guess you could call it your inner child or whatever you want to. But if you remember when you were a kid, how you could just get into the moment and 
um, you know, you're playing or you're pretending or you're just doing whatever. You're not thinking about time. It's not goal-oriented. And that kind of state of mind is is kind of magical. And we do, we lose that um, often as adults. This kind of constantly busy and goal-oriented part of ourselves is the grown-up, right? <laughs> but that other part of ourselves is very creative. And that's, we do need to nurture that um, creative part, Um not necessarily just in the studio, because in the studio, you you do have in some way you're you are goal oriented in the studio. You're working on something, but that that aspect of just simply being um, watching the birds, if you will, if you remember that earlier example, it's it's a very creative state of mind, and it's it's important to try to. Uh, to try, I use the word like try, like we have to strive for this, but to find ways to enter that state of mind that is very nurturing and refreshing. So, um, yeah, don't forget to have fun. Exactly. Put that on the to-do list. <laughs> anyway, it's all about balance and it can be hard to find. So I guess that's, that's the final thought. <laughs> all right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of the Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.